What do you do when the world seems like it's burning, when the world seems like it's falling apart and you don't know how or where to start, when you don't think anyone can help, when you just want to move forward, when you just want to dream again? This past year has felt exactly like what I described, doesn't it? And when it does, you know what we need? A sanctuary, a solemn place where we can rest, where we can think, where we can connect with God again a place where our souls are refreshed and our minds renewed. But how do you start? Where do you begin? That's what this two-part series is about, experiencing God's presence right where we are. So grab a Bible, a notepad, a smartphone, something to take notes, or better yet, follow along with our message notes at fplive.app. Open your mind and your heart. And let's jump into part one of Sanctuary. Now, before we do, why does Forest Park Church exist? We exist to help people follow Jesus one step at a time. It's that simple and it's that profound. All right, let's join Evan for part one of Sanctuary. Park. Hey, I'm super excited to be here with you today. Hope that you're excited to be here with me as well. I'm honored to be able to hang out with you. Uh, and here is the deal, man. Uh, 2020 has been a crazy year, right? We have said goodbye to 2020. We are here in 2021. Uh, and man, it's believe I'm believing that it's going to be an awesome year moving forward. And here's the deal, okay? While all of the struggles for 2020 is not gone, uh, I think it's awesome and it feels good to be able to hit the reset button now that we are here for January the 3rd. 2021. And so, hey, listen, before I go any further, man, I just want to say that uh, I'm very, very thankful to be able to have this platform. I grew up here uh, at Forest Park, and so to be able to share the same platform uh, as my father week in and week out, it is an honor that I do not take lightly. And so when I was younger, uh, I was taught at a young age that whenever you are the guest in someone's home, you honor that guest. And so Pastor Scott, thank you very much for this honor. I do not take this lightly. And I'm excited to be able to be here to kick off this brand new message series called Sanctuary. And so in my own life, and I'm sure in some of yours watching online as well, I have learned that in order to grow strong, you have to work out, right? Like in order uh, to grow some muscle, to grow some mass, you're going to have to work out. And if you don't do something, 
that you normally would not do without a little bit of focus or some effort, you're going to get weaker. Right, but, but if you do some things with, again, some focus, some effort, if you put in some sweat equity, if you will, I promise you that you are going to grow stronger. Why is that, right? Well, the reason why that is, is because in order to get strong, you have to work out, right? Uh, because to get strong, you have to work out. And here's the deal, okay? The same thing is true with your spiritual life. If you want your spiritual life to grow for its part, if you want your spiritual life to, to, to get stronger, you are gonna have to learn how to work out and push the limits even when it doesn't feel comfortable. If you wanna be a part of what God is doing in and through your life and what he's doing throughout this world, and if you want Jesus to take you places that you never thought you would ever be able to go, then you're gonna have to learn how to spiritually work out. And that's what the spiritual disciplines are all about for us part, right? That's what the spiritual disciplines are all about. The spiritual discipline of prayer, of Bible reading, of, of silence and solitude, of rest, of journaling. All of these disciplines are in place so that you can begin to grow and to spiritually work out. They're not there so that you can become some type of religious church people, okay? That's not, that's not what the spiritual disciplines are all about. These spiritual disciplines are here so that you can learn how to work out and be spiritually strong and to go exactly where Jesus has called you to go and do exactly what Jesus has called all of you to do. And so here's the deal. With all of that being said, the spiritual discipline that I wanna talk with all of you about today as we kick off this brand new message series called Sanctuary is this topic of prayer, this spiritual discipline of prayer. You know, for me, and I'm sure some, a lot of you who are watching online could probably identify with me as well, is that prayer hasn't always come naturally to me, right? Prayer is not always something that I, I enjoyed doing when I was growing I mean, I would pray, right? But it really was just because my parents taught me how to pray when I was a lot younger. Some, some of the other spiritual disciplines would come a lot easier to me, but prayer, not so much. And as a matter of fact, since I have been home, on this uh, Christmas break, if you will, uh, I have found one of my very first Bibles when I was a little kid. And if you open up that Bible, you can see all of these different highlighted verses that I was going through and things like that. And I, and I tell you that because reading the Bible was always something that came pretty natural to me, right? Uh, same thing with the journaling. If, if you set a pen, if you set a notebook down in front of me, uh, I could just write and write and write and write, but that wasn't the case with prayer. I could always find some time to take some rest. I could always find some time to have community with others. I could always find some time to do different things like that. But prayer is not something that I could seem to grasp. Now it's something that I absolutely love. And we're going to talk about that here in a couple of minutes. And it's something that has carried me through the deepest moments of pain in my entire life. And my hope for you as we are jumping into this message series today and as we talk about prayer today is that maybe you would learn how to have some uh, adoration for this thing called prayer. And so here's the deal. I think that some of the reasons why we struggle with prayer is because uh, two things, right? Number one, I think if we're all being honest, we all have a little ADD, right? Like we all have maybe just a little bit of ADHD in our minds wander, right? I know that's the truth for me. And again, I would be willing to bet that it's the truth for you as well. I mean, I find it difficult to focus on anything, 
for an extended period of time. And so the fact that all of you are watching online right now, who knows what you're doing if you're sitting still or not. The fact that all of you are watching online right now is, is something that I wanna clap for you about, but that's something that I wish that I could do. But again, I have always struggled with paying attention for long periods of time. And so when I was younger, I, I, would, uh, I would like to pray and I would try to pray, but I, I would always get distracted, right? Like, has that ever happened to you before? You're like, hey, hey, dear Jesus, thank, thank you for my life and thanks for my mom. And man, she cooks really, really good. But, 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 but thank you, thank you for the, the plan that you have in our life. But man, my dad, man, he was mean to me earlier today, but he loves football and man, I love, oh yeah. And you just get distracted and you go on and on and on and on and on, right? That, those are the types of things that I would struggle with when I was growing up. And I know you probably know exactly what that's like. You know what it's like to be praying and to completely lose your train of thought. It's because we get distracted. I think another reason why we don't like to pray is because we're proud, right? Like, let's just be real. It's because we're proud. We, we aren't always the strongest, but we like to think that we're strong enough, right? We're not always the smartest, but we like to think that we're smart enough. And if I'm being honest with you, Forrest Park, this pride in my life would keep me from really trusting God because I didn't like to let go of the things that I wasn't in control of. I wanted to stay in control in my life and I really would never see God working in my life because I would not trust him enough to let go of my prayers to him. Why? Because I was proud. And so let's be honest, again, I think we have a lot of ADD, right? I think that we have a whole bunch of pride for us part, right? And strangely enough, I think another reason why we struggle with this word called prayer is because some of us, the way that we see prayer, right? I know for me, uh, when I was growing up, I would only see prayer as something that you would do for occasions and emergencies, right? Occasions and emergencies, like you would only pray for the occasion of a meal, right? The food would be sitting down, it would smell so good, but you couldn't eat yet until someone prayed, why? Because if you did not pray first, it was gonna turn into poison and then all of us would die, right? That is what I thought prayer was about. I also used to think that prayer was only for emergencies and right, maybe some of you watching online can probably relate with that. Like when something is going wrong or something is really, really hard or, or your team is down uh, by two touchdowns with two minutes left to go, you throw up a prayer, right? It's because I only believed that prayer was for occasions or emergencies. And here's the deal, okay? It wasn't until I was in a strong life group, a strong group where I first started to understand what prayer was really about. It wasn't until I was around some strong prayer warriors, right? I'm gonna go old school with you. Some strong prayer warriors who would eventually teach me what it would mean to find a quiet place with my savior until I began to understand the power of prayer. And what's so awesome about this life group is that they begin to teach me what it meant to quit wrestling with the why of why I pray and to just do it, right? Because the truth is this, and if you're taking notes today, Forest Park, I'd love for you to write this down, but you gotta understand that when the why outweighs the wrestle, you do. All right, let me say that again, okay? When the why outweighs the wrestle, you do. When you quit trying to understand why we have to pray, and you quit trying to understand why we have to do things like that, and you quit struggling with that, you will begin to pray. For instance, 
If you are a football player, right, and you are in the off season, okay, and, and football season's not going on, and you're just you're trying to gain some mass and, and you're trying to gain some muscle, but man, you are sick and you are tired of drinking protein shakes and eating tons of meat, right? When you begin to understand that if you continue to do these things, when the season starts, you will be more physically dominant. You will quit struggling with the why because when the why outweighs the wrestle, you do, right? So for instance, if that was a guy, right? If you are a girl, um, and what, what do girls do, okay? If, uh, let's say you're in knitting class, okay? Let's say you're, I'm just joking, not knitting class. That was just, just a joke for you. But hey, let, let, let's say you're, uh, you're a girl or you're a woman, uh, or maybe even you're a guy and you wanna go on a missions trip, okay? And the impact, you know that the impact that you have on whatever country you're gonna go to is gonna be massive, okay? But that cost, of the missions trip seems a little high. When you begin to understand the why, uh, that the why you are going is so much greater than the fact that you have to save money, you'll begin to save money. Why? It's because when the why outweighs the wrestle, you do. And so I think that the turning point for us this morning, Forest Park, the ones who struggle with prayer, is going to come when we actually begin to understand why we pray. And, and like I told you, now I love to pray. I promise you, you can ask my wife, Emily, there is never a day that goes by where I do not pray. I pray all the time. And there's never going to be a day where I don't do that. But I believe that the turning point, like I said, for us is going to come when why we know why we actually have to pray. And so maybe you're sitting there out there this morning, like, so Evan, why in the world would I have to pray? What makes us need to pray. And I'm so glad that you asked me that question because what I want to do for the rest of the message today is I want to, to talk and, and I want to tell you what I've learned in my own life of why we pray. Because again, when the why outweighs the wrestle, you do. Okay. And so here we go. Why do we pray? Number one, please write this down. It's because Jesus did. Why do we pray? It's because Jesus did. Okay. Here, here's the deal. When I first uh, started to read the Bible, and when I first started to go through uh, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the story of Jesus, I noticed something very, very important about Jesus and his routine, okay? He would always find himself in a continual moment of prayer. And as you read through the Gospels, right, you will begin to understand and notice that nothing that Jesus did was random, okay? Every single thing that Jesus ever did was on purpose and it was for a purpose. And smack dab right at the very beginning of this Jesus routine, we found Jesus starting off his days with prayer. That's why in the reason, or excuse me, that, that, that's uh, the reason why in the Bible it says in Luke chapter five, verse 16, it says, but he would withdraw to deserted places to what? To pray, right? That's the reason why in the Bible it says in Luke chapter 22, Verse 39, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives to what? To pray, right? We see it over and over again as his custom, Jesus would pray. As his routine, Jesus would pray. And here's the deal, everybody look at me, okay? Why is that, right? Why is it that Jesus would still I mean, this is Jesus, right? This is the firstborn of all creation in which everything is in and who, who everything is. I mean, he's got the whole world in his hand, right? He, this is Jesus we are talking about, but he prayed, right? Why in the world would Jesus do something like this? Well, you would have to come to the conclusion that he must have prayed 
for a couple of reasons. And again, please write these things down because I promise you, you're gonna wanna look at them moving forward, right? First, he prayed because I believe that he was trying to set an example for us to follow. Why? Because he loves us, right? He wants to set an example for us because he loves us. He knew that for the rest of time, people would be looking at his life and we as Christians would model our lives after him. And he knew that one day, all of us would be wearing bracelets that said, what would Jesus do, WWJD? And when you ask that question, the answer would be very, very clear that at the beginning of his days, he would pray. Secondly, Jesus knew that in order for us to stay in touch with the Father, right, the one who created us, who created everything, our lives needed to be marked by a daily discipline that would allow us to be in sync with God. He knew that our lives needed to be marked by a continual posture of prayer. And here's the deal, Forrest Park, I'll be honest with you, man. There have been many times in my life where I have wrestled with the question of why would I pray if Jesus already knew what I was praying for, right? Like, like what is the point of praying if he already knows what I'm gonna be asking for, right? And I'm sure that a lot of you have probably struggled with that thought as well, especially in 2020. And here's the deal, we can ask all of these different types of questions, but here's the reality of the fact, okay? Jesus prayed and he modeled it for us because he wanted us to do the same. And so why do I pray for us, Park? It's because Jesus did, okay? So number two, here we go. Please write this down. Why do I pray? It's because God is listening and he is speaking. Okay, let me say it again. God is listening and he is speaking. God wants to communicate with you. And the best way for us to do this is through the discipline of prayer. Listen, you have to understand something about God, okay? God isn't just some sleepy grandpa who sits up in the sky and he floats in and he floats out, okay? He isn't some angry dude who just sits up in heaven with a lightning bolt and he's ready to take us out. No, that's not what God is. God is a very, very loving father who wants nothing more than for you to hear his voice. And don't miss this, man. He wants you to hear his voice. Listen, okay, if you don't get anything else this morning, please, 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 please get this point right here. God wants us to develop the discipline of prayer because it is the most first and the most fundamental way that all of us can communicate with him. It's because God is listening to us. When I was uh, in elementary school, I'm 26 now, I'll be 27 in a couple of days or in a couple of weeks, but when I was in elementary school, my mom and my dad would go on a mission trip to Ecuador, right? And yes, it's the same mission trip that you, Forest Park, still go on every single year. And, and eventually, I would be old enough to go on that trip. And it helped me shape my life. And it, uh, it really did a lot of great things in my life. And I would encourage all of you, if you get the chance to go, to go on that mission trip. But there was a season of my life where I was too young and I could not go on that trip yet. Well, no matter how busy my parents were, they would always find time early in the morning or late at night to give me a call from thousands and thousands of miles away, which as a seven and eight year old is something that I look forward to each and every single morning. No matter how tired I was or how tired they were, we, would, we wanted to talk to each other. Why? Because we loved each other. No matter how tired we were, we wanted to talk on the phone, and here's the deal, okay? Here's the reason why I tell you the story. No matter the time, no matter the place, no matter the hour, the circumstance, or anything, God just so desperately wants to hear your voice and for you to hear his, and why is that? It's because he loves us. 
I love how in Hebrews chapter four, it says that when you really understand how, conf- or excuse me, how, how, how much God loves you, you can appro- approach the throne of grace confidently, right? That's what it says. You, can, you don't just roll up all willy-nilly and depressed. No, no, no. But when you begin to realize that God loves you and that you bring him joy and, then, and that you are his delight, you can approach him confidently. And I want all of you to understand that God wants nothing more and nothing makes him happier than for you to hear his voice and for him to hear yours. And that when heaven hears your cry, God whispers back and he will never leave us hanging. I pray because God desires to communicate and prayer is the primary way that we can hear his voice and for us to hear his. And so number one, the reason why I pray, let's recap real fast before I go into this last point and we are finished today. But reason number one, why we pray is because Jesus did. Number two, we pray because God is listening and God is speaking. And lastly, I pray because the reality is that some things will never change. Number three, until you pray. I love this so much, man. Some things in your life will never change. I am so sorry until you pray. One of my favorite stories in all of the Bible is found in Mark chapter nine, okay? In Mark chapter nine, there's a story of the disciples rolling around, they're doing the Jesus thing, right? They had been with Jesus. They had seen some miracles and and they had uh, been helping people all over the area. But in Mark chapter nine, they come across a man who was demon possessed. And the Bible says that this possession was uh, particularly bad, right? Uh, It says that the demon would throw this boy on the ground, that the boy would be uh, foaming out the uh, the mouth and they would try to constrain him, but the, the demon would just throw him off. It was a really really bad possession. And so the disciples get wind of this dude and they're like, you know what? We've had uh, some pretty good luck, right? We've been rolling around with Jesus. And so let's roll in here. Let's see if we can cast out this demon, but they couldn't. They tried everything. I'm sure they went through the entire playbook. They probably tried the power hand. They were probably like right on his forehead, right? They probably tried every single thing they could do. They probably tried to move him in different ways. And they tried so many different things, but nothing was working. And here's what's so awesome about this story. But then it says, again, in Mark chapter nine, that Jesus shows up. And he rolls in and he, and he speaks over this young man. He effectively prays over this young man. And the Bible says that the demon flees. The demon leaves. I mean, the demon just gets up and go. And here's the deal. I, I can imagine if I was one of the disciples, I mean, I'd be a little freaked out, right? I mean, they've been trying everything and nothing was working. What, what in the world just happened here? I can imagine that they pulled Jesus aside and they're like, listen, Jesus, what in the world just happened here, right? Was that some type of super demon, right? We've been trying everything and nothing would happen. What in the world was that, right? And then in Mark chapter nine, Jesus looks at the disciples and he says something so incredibly powerful. Mark chapter nine, verse 29, it says that this type of demon can only be casted out by prayer. And so it makes you wonder, it makes you, you ask the question of what in the world were the disciples doing, <laughs> right? Like if they weren't praying, what were they doing to this boy? And I think that's a, another talk for another day, but I think the principle is very, very clear that some things will never change until you pray. Everybody look at me, okay? There's some men and women watching online this morning who will never feel free from their guilt until you pray. 
pray. Here, here's the deal. Everybody look at me, okay? There's a man or a woman watching online this morning that will never see Jesus shine on their home until you pray. There is a man or a woman watching online right now who will never see their brother, their sister, their mother, their father feel the love of Jesus until they pray. They will, there's a man or a woman watching online right now who will never see their best friend get saved until you roll up in your room, you hit your knees, and until you pray. There are some things that will never change again. I am so sorry until you pray. And I can remember when I was younger, when the whys of praying began to crush the wrestling in my own life. And, and I began to see what Jesus wanted to do in my life and in my family's life and in my friend's life and in my school and my church. And I began to pray like none other. And I began to see Jesus answer my prayers. And man, my heart races and my mind goes crazy and I get little goosebumps on my skin when I begin to think about the hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people praying in Elizabeth City and here at Forest Park for the things that only God can do. And I begin to freak out when I think about the things that people thought were impossible but are impossible no more because they prayed. And here's the deal, guys, I, I love to pray. And sometimes I can only pray for five minutes at the time but I do it because God is listening and God wants to hear us. And here's the deal, maybe you're someone watching online who, who can pray long prayers without stopping. That's awesome, okay? That, that's a great thing, continue to do that. But maybe you're also someone who is watching online who is just now starting to learn to pray. And the only thing that you can do is say, God, help, right? That's awesome, that's a beautiful prayer. Or, or maybe you can go, Jesus, please. That's another really great prayer. Here's my, here's my point, okay? Here's one of the last things that I want you to get, okay? Don't get caught up in the length of prayer Get caught up in the moment of prayer. Don't get caught up in the length of prayer, but get caught up in the moment of prayer. God sees your heart. So powerful for you, man. I'm almost finished. I'm almost done. But all of us here, I am sure, since 2020 started, right? Now that we're in 2021, but all of this this past year, uh, we've probably been praying a lot, right? And maybe we have felt with as crazy as this year has been, things will literally never change or that prayer did not work the way that we thought prayer were. I know for me, making the move to Corpus Christi, moving my wife to Corpus Christi, starting a new job, making a new name for myself, making a new life, right? It takes lots of prayer. But I can stand here and let you know that some things will never, ever change. But when you pray, they absolutely will. Let's pray right now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this moment. Thank you so much for Forest Park. And thank you for the opportunity for me to be able to pray right now and bring this message to the people who are watching online. I pray right now that 2021 is so much better than 2020. Give us a passion to learn how to pray and give us a heart for prayer. Help us know that the only thing that you wanna do in our lives is communicate with us. We know that you're speaking and we know that you're listening. Thank you for every single thing that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for us, part. Thanks for watching this video. While you're here, make sure you subscribe and turn the bell on so you don't miss any other videos or content Forest Park releases. Make sure you share this with a friend. Take a few moments and check out some other things Forest Park has.